This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Ian's not here tonight, though. You know how Ian does. He stands us up every Friday night because he's got bigger things to do. And by bigger things, I mean college football for ESPN Radio. So when Ian's out, I go to the bosses and I say, give me anybody with any sort of relation to Miami. And that way, I will always be able to talk nonstop about anything 305 related and drive James Steele insane. And my plan has worked to perfection this week. Marcel Louis-Jacques, he is our NFL Nation beat reporter for my Miami Dolphins. He is in the saddle for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. We, ladies and gentlemen of America, are going wall-to-wall the next three hours. Nothing but Miami Dolphins talk. You're welcome. I was about to say, we could almost have changed the programming to from Miami, Florida to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're, I don't think I can you know, claim Miami anymore, but right. definitely South Florida. Well, I, I, I sure as heck can't claim Miami because that's our intro is that I'm in Miami and I am in, well, for today, actually in Atlanta, Georgia tonight doing this show. So I, I'm nowhere near Miami, Florida. <laughs> However, normally I'm in Sarasota, Florida, so I ain't nowhere near Miami, Marcel. But here's the thing about that Florida geography. People don't really know it. And I spent 20 years in the Miami area the Lauderdale, Miami area like you. And once you are embedded in that community, covering that community forever, you will be associated with that community. So I end up being 305 until I die. You also are now part of that conversation. I'm kidding. We're not going to go all Miami Dolphins today. James Steele, our producer, he shot down that idea. But we are going to start here with the Miami Dolphins, okay? Because I'm the captain now, James. Look at me. I got the mic. The Dolphins <laughs> this is ridiculous. are sending a 2025 six-round pick to the Chicago Bears and 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 the Bear to the Bears for Chase Claypool and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Basically, the Dolphins got Chase Claypool for a whole lot of nothing. The Bears saved $2.2 million against the salary cap by trading away Chase Claypool. This, to me, Marcel, and you know this team now even better than I do, is a very low-risk remove, a very low-risk move from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they essentially got paid to take Chase Claypool away from Chicago. You know, all it took was a six-round pick and they get a seventh in return. I think at that point in the draft, you're kind of throwing darts at the wall or throwing things at the wall and and hoping something sticks anyways. This was an easy call for a Dolphins team. And, uh, you know, I I got to speak with Mike McDaniel today and he did say that this team, they weren't looking for a wide receiver. They weren't looking for receiver help. They did just put two guys, River Craycraft and Eric Azucama, on injured reserve and the reserve NFI list. But they still have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, And as long as those guys are healthy, I'm pretty sure, Amber, you and I could probably line up at receiver. Probably get a couple targets. We would be wide open. Every defense is going to focus on 10 and 17. But this is a low-risk, high-reward move. He's in the last year of his rookie contract. If that work ethic that we saw on tape in Chicago makes its way to South Florida, he will not be renewed. He will not be extended, at least not in Miami. But he adds an element that they don't have in this receiver room, and that is size. 6'4", 240 pounds. I mean, this guy, from a physique standpoint, is Megatron reincarnated, and he's got the speed, too. The guy can run 4'4", 40-yard dash speed. This is a complicated offense to learn. You have to keep your head on the swivel. You can't turn your brain off playing with uh, playing with with this Dolphins team, especially with all the pre-stat movement and, and, and all the route breaking that they can do. 
But if he turns it on, if he is motivated, once again, playing for a winner, sky's the limit. This could be end up being a huge move if you've got to worry about this guy in the slot and Hill and Waddle outside. If he didn't have the speed, he wouldn't be a member of this team. That is a requirement of the <laughs> Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel's offense at this point. And, and the head coach said, do you want me to say it? Fine. He's fast, right? Because everybody knows that's exactly why when they see an opportunity here for Chase Claypool, despite the reputation that now Chase Claypool has earned himself, they're willing to take a flyer on the guy and take a little bit of a risk from that perspective. He's 25 years old. He spent less than a bear, than a year with the Chicago Bears. They get him for basically nothing. His time in Chicago, lackluster, 18 receptions for 191 yards and a touchdown. That was his entire career with the Chicago Bears. <laughs> we know what it looked like at the end with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know what it looked like at the end with Chicago. It looks like also he was unwilling to block. He was unwilling to run routes that he wasn't going to be a target for. And now, Marcel, he's in an offense that is a heck of an offense, and I would imagine a fun offense to be in, but also a wide receiver room that's pretty packed, even with the two injuries that you just mentioned. He's not going to be the number one target, and he's not going to be targeted on every play. And so if he has that attitude that he doesn't want to be participating unless he's being targeted, then this ain't going to work for him here either. But also, I would imagine Chase Claypool at some point here has to look in the mirror quite quickly and realize, hey, I'm on my third different team in a year's time, and I'm only 25, but I'm going to find myself out of the league real quick despite the talent if I keep heading down this path. Yeah, I mean – being uh being traded to Miami is it sounds like a reward, right? Like this sounds like a, a dream come true, especially if you're going from Pittsburgh to Chicago to Miami. Uh, but this isn't a, a reward for him. This is a wake up call. This is not even a punishment, I would say, but like arguably from a role standpoint, it is kind of a punishment. You went from somewhere who was willing to trade a second round pick, a premium second round pick for your services so you could be. Chase Claypool's number one receiver, and they ended up having a trade for DJ Moore the following year. That trade looks brilliant, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. You're in a scenario now where instead of being, you know, 1A, 1B with DJ Moore, which if you turn your brain on 100% of the time, you probably could have been, you're in a situation where you are scrapping for wide receiver three reps. Mm -hmm. Like, not even three reps. I think Braxton Berrios basically has that lit up, but in this, or locked, locked up, but in this offense, Wide receiver three is more of a, a construct than an actual position. Wide receiver three could be Berrios. It could be Robbie Chosen. It could be River Craycraft when he's healthy. It could be Devon HN or Raheem Mostert out of the backfield or even Durham Smythe. The wide receiver three is just essentially third option in the passing game. So, like, there is no defined role for you. And I'll tell you what, if you don't want to block, you're going to find yourself a healthy scratch on game day more often than not. Tyreek Hill blocks in this offense. Mm-hmm. And if Tyreek Hill is willing to block... Who the hell do you think you are, Chase Claypool, if you aren't? So I think it, this is a scenario where he can really turn his career around. Uh, you know, he he's, seems like he, the kind of player who who needs like a that strong veteran presence around him. This is a strong locker room. Um, there are obviously a lot of personalities on this team, but these are all guys who are willing to work hard and willing to win. You know, anybody who who wants to call certain players a diva, I'm not going to, but anybody on the outside who wants to call certain Dolphins players a diva, they can do that, but they cannot question these guys' work ethic at the end of the day. And I think that's something that 
Chase Claypool needs to be around. But you got to keep your head on straight in South Florida. This is not an area, just like Vegas, this is not a city and not a franchise you can play for if you can be, uh, let's call it, easily distracted. Well, and maybe it'll be good for him because of those personalities that you mentioned where this is not, I mean, this is not Bill Belichick's team, right? Like these dudes have personalities, you know, and Tyreek Hill, he shows up and he shows out on the field. He's got the work ethic, but he also has the off the field stuff and he's got the podcast and he likes to flash and he likes the sound bites and he likes to try to be a superstar in this league. We know that a lot's been made with Chase Claypool and some of that stuff and the, you know, stunting on the gram and the fashion and everything else with Chase Claypool and maybe he'll be able to recognize on this team hey I can be all those things and still show up and do my part and work really hard and ball out and have a great career in this league so maybe he'll learn that maybe this is just the change of scenery that he needed as a Dolphins fan I love this because again I don't really see the downside I know some people are writing now coming off of this trade I saw some articles today that this is a big risk from a chemistry perspective for the Dolphins and I just don't agree with that at all because like you said if he ain't fitting in and he's not going to put in the work then he'll just be a healthy scratch out of the gate and they've already got it worked out the way that this offense is clicking I don't see how Chase Claypool is going to run it come in and ruin that with his with his presence right they're not relying on him in any way but boy if Mike McDaniel can use some of that extra speed now, even if it's just used as a distraction, that certainly excites me about the possibilities there. Be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. You're welcome to chime in. Let us know how you feel about this Chase Claypool trade. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Marcel Louis-Jacques filling in for Ian tonight is now the time for the Chicago Bears to sell high on Justin Fields. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the app. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. You can catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So we got huge news last night. The Chicago Bears do know how to win a football game. It had been a long time coming, but boy, did they win one last night. 40-20 to 20 
over the Washington Commanders. Justin Fields was 15 of 29, Marcel, 282 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He looked like a different player last night and, frankly, the week before, really, than we'd seen the first couple weeks. Yeah, you know, I was obviously I was willing to write off the Broncos' performance because I just watched, and I know you did too, we mm-hmm. just saw the Dolphins mm-hmm. drop 70 points on that Broncos defense, and that let us know, okay, that is a plus matchup for all you fantasy players out there. Anybody playing the Broncos gets a massive boost, but to do it again against a much better Washington defense, especially that front seven is, is pretty nasty uh, considering what the Bears have on, on, on their offensive line. I thought it was an impressive performance. It was a great bounce back, you know, to the past, to the disappointment of uh, of their loss there in Week Four to to, to Denver. Uh, I'm 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 impressed. And look, I, I thought the hype, the preseason hype for Justin Fields was a little overboard. Now, yeah, I was bidding on him in my dynasty league to you know, or my auction league. I wanted him in fantasy, but the MVP talk, the double digit win talk for the Bears, that was always a little bit of an overreaction. But he is showing some resolve and I think that's really all you can ask for in what is already a lost season. I mean they're they're, they're what, I think it's one and four. Now you're not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The season's over. You're not talented enough as a team. At this point you're playing for pride, you're playing for development and the development of Justin Fields is taking a positive swing. I mean, probably. Uh, Technically, that division, I guess, is open. I mean, the Lions, of course, looking really good. But after that, it's anyone's guess, right? So Chicago, theoretically, could make some noise. But you're talking a lot of wins that would have to add up from here on out. And that seems like a big ask for this Chicago Bears team. Here's the thing, though. Coming into this season, I was with you. Like, why did everybody think Chicago was going to be good? I mean, even Courtney Cronin, who covers the Chicago Bears for us at NFL Nation, here at ESPN like she kept saying they're going to be the last in the division I don't know why anybody has such high expectations for this team but where I differed from you was I felt like Justin Fields could take that next step as an individual player even though I didn't expect anything from the Bears as a whole and that was the more disappointing part of what I saw early on here from the Bears this season because a quarter of the way through the season it looked like Justin Fields wasn't Justin Fields anymore and the player that we saw in snippets last season and that was a terrible Chicago Bears team last Mm -hmm. season as well but we saw some of that incredible talent from Justin Fields at times he looked like one of the more exciting players to watch in the league at times even if it wasn't translating it in the win-loss column and this year it felt like in some weird way, he was being hamstrung a bit, held back. They weren't running him anymore at all, which seems strange for a quarterback of Justin Fields' nature. And he just did not have the accuracy. He did not have that chemistry with his receivers. And we had made a lot, Marcel, going into the season about him getting a little bit more help. This is still a terrible team. It was ripped all the way to the studs. It's being rebuilt, but he was getting more help. We thought DJ Moore would be that big addition. We weren't seeing it. Earlier in the season, we saw it last night. What did he? I don't have it in front of me. Two hundred and thirty yards, I think, from DJ Moore. Just something insane last night. It was like every time, every time Justin Fields targeted more, he completed it every time. Yeah, I see what you did there. Getting more help this season. DJ Moore help. No, you know, entering. I think it was last year. uh, I'm trying to. I'm going to speak vaguely here because I don't want to out my source here. So I don't want to get too specific. But I heard from a source, from a player who left the who left the Bears after Fields' rookie season, that Fields had trouble reading defense. Not just has trouble, can't. 
was the word. Mm. Can't read a defense. And so when you see things, you know, last year he he made such a big impact really with his legs. Let's not act like he was tearing people up with right. his arms. Like a 1,000-yard rusher, like he was dominant on the ground. So what you hoped for this year was the development as a passer. And so the the frightening thing, I think the alarming thing through the first few weeks was how long he was holding on to the ball. Right. And that can mean one of two things. Either one, he he really can't read a defense. Like maybe he is struggling to read a defense. Or two, way too many things going on in his ear and it's causing him to overthink instead of just play. Instead of just playing ball. And so I think for the past two weeks, he's more or less just been playing ball. And I think we could see, yeah, no, the, the defense, the the reading of the defense, that is coming along. That just has come with uh, with experience and time in the league. But uh, from a you know coaching standpoint, you just kind of – sometimes you got to let go. You got to back off a bit. And that's part of knowing – that's part of being a good coach, right, is knowing when to press and knowing when to back off and let your guy be a guy, let your star be a star. And in Justin Fields' case, you kind of just have to let him go. You have to let him play freely. That's the voice of Marcel Louis-Jacques. He's filling in for Ian tonight. We had Anita Marks on the show with me and Ian last night, our betting analyst here at ESPN and Daily Wager contributor. And she said that that Fields-DJ Moore a relationship was going to shine brightly against that commander's defense. And boy, did she call it. So I need to see it again because it can't just be he's targeting DJ Moore every time and that's where all of a sudden he looks like an, a prolific passer. And I mean, defenses are going to figure that out right quick. So you're going to have to do it against more than just the Broncos and more than the, the commanders for me to be convinced that you can, in fact, make those checkdowns and that you can, in fact, read those defenses. But at least he has been seeming to play more free here over the last couple of weeks. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. But there's at least somebody at our network who thinks that the Chicago Bears should move on from Justin Fields. And I mean, like, move on this week from Justin Fields to capitalize off the feel-good coming off of these last two weeks. Chris Canty, he is a co-host on Unsportsmanlike right here, 6 to 10A on ESPN Radio. He thinks that the Bears should move forward. They should trade him. Justin Fields' value across the league won't be higher than what it is right now. And if you've already made the decision that this guy, based on what's available in the draft this upcoming year and based on what you've seen over the last two and a half years, if you've made the decision that you might want to think about potentially move on from Justin Fields, if that even is something that you're continuing to entertain after you passed on all the quarterbacks in the 2023 draft class, then you have to absolutely make that decision now. You can't jeopardize him getting hurt and not getting the return on the investment. I'm not moving on from Justin Fields at this point. If I'm the Chicago Bears, but I ain't Ryan Poles, and I'm not Matt Eberflus, and those guys, I mean, they didn't pick him. He wasn't their draft pick. He wasn't. I I just The problem with that is you're assuming that another team wants Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, these teams, just like you and I, Amber, these teams are going to look and say, all right, eight to one TD to interception ratio uh, against the Broncos and commanders. What'd you do against the chiefs? What'd you do when you were tested? That's not enough. And uh, any quarterback, any team that's willing to trade and power it away with assets for a quarterback like this mid season, you're assuming that, you know, we're talking about teams that are, let's say a quarterback away, right? Team like the jets, or maybe even the Falcons. Are, are we 100% sure that Justin Fields makes them a playoff contender. Like if we, if you add Justin Fields to a, a brand new offense in, in New York with the Jets, 
uh, that's taken Zach Wilson X Y Z long to to grasp, and that was built for Aaron Rodgers, who you know checks notes is not the same caliber of passer as as Justin Fields. Are we sure that that makes them better? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe Atlanta makes sense, but if you're Atlanta, well, why not just keep it rolling? It's not like you are demonstrably or you know definitively better with Justin Fields than you are with Desmond Ritter. You might as well roll it out with the guy that you have. Keep all of your assets. That way, if the wheels fall off, you have a strong pick. You have a high pick to go get yourself a quarterback. But like, why would you? Why would you part ways with assets when this upcoming quarterback class is as deep as we've seen in recent memory? Well, and part ways with significant assets, right? Like a second rounder type assets because the Bears ain't trading him for absolutely nothing. Otherwise, what's the point? If you're Chicago, you might as well roll forward with your guy and continue to see what you can get out of him. But I don't know if Justin Fields is better than Zach Wilson. Frankly, I don't know. I saw what Zach Wilson looked like against that Kansas City Chiefs defense, and I saw what Justin Fields looked like. And it looked like 11 of 22 for 99 yards, one touchdown, one interception there against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. So yes, he's starting to look better, but it's against the Broncos and it's about it it's against the Commanders. I do think that talent is there, but I also think that you've got to be a little bit more patient. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And the Chicago Bears, they finally have a win. Let's talk about them. Maybe we can actually say some positive things here about the Bears. It'll be refreshing. Alex Brown, he is a former Bears DN. Gator Great also, and of course, on NBC Sports Chicago. And Alex, let's start with this, though. The passing of Dick Butkus. I mean, a Bears legend, a Chicago legend, an NFL legend. Can you just describe, as somebody who is close to that community, what he means to that community? I mean... Yeah, I mean, he speaks everything about him. Just speaks Chicago, right? Just super tough, just um, hard nosed. He's gonna give you a hundred percent every time. And I think I think it needs to be said that during that time when he and Gail Sayers were drafted in the same year, they weren't very good as a football team. But you still got everything out of him each and every week. And I think it just shows just the type of 
type of player he was, the type of person he was. And then as he got older, he became like this, this big teddy bear from what uh, a lot of people um, have been talking about. I was very fortunate enough to meet him a couple of times, and he was extremely nice to me. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a, he has this aura about him when you see him. And he'll be greatly missed in the Chicago area and in the NFL, uh, honestly. Alex Marcel here. Want to talk about the news of today for a Bears team that seems to be in the headlines every other day. The Chase Claypool trade. On paper, it kind of looks like they paid Miami to take him off his hands. Where did things go wrong for Claypool? And is this more or less addition by subtraction? Well, I think it was um, I think it was effort. And, I, and honestly, I've never like talked so much about a team that is in their situation currently. <laughs> but um, they just I mean, it's it's always something. It seems like every week there was something. But as far as the Claypool thing, I think it, it was just effort. Um, you, you don't as a coach, as an organization, the last thing you want to talk about um, or coach for a player's effort, and you weren't really getting the effort from. Uh, from Claypool uh, this, this this season, whether it was blocking, uh, running the right routes, uh, running the routes full speed, um, it was just it just wasn't a fit, and maybe he just wanted out. Well, he got his wish, and I, I tell you what, uh, when you're when a couple teams pass on you, and Pittsburgh let him go, and the Bears gave up a second round pick to get him, and now that value has gone down because you see what happened in the trans- transaction with the Bears in Miami, so. His value as a player is going down, and the next thing he'll be sitting over here by me, a retired player, if he don't, if he's not careful. Yeah, that's certainly true. Alex Brown, former Bears D end, NBC Sports Chicago, joining us here on Amber and Ian Marcel Louis Jacques filling in for Ian tonight. So the Bears, they finally got a win. Alex, forty to twenty last <laughs> night over the Washington Commanders. I mean, in fairness, it wasn't just a win; like it was a very good win. All of a sudden, they looked a bit like a different Chicago team than the one that we had been watching the previous four games. How big do you think it was for them to finally get something positive here going this season? Oh, I think it's, oh, it means everything, honestly. I mean, when, you, when you're when you on a losing streak like that, I mean, I was on a team, we lost nine games in a row, and to get that get that win, it was like, oh, my gosh. It, it just it almost like a big weight lifted off your shoulders. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to go in and win the next one, but you got a blueprint of how you can play to win because you, you have to learn how to win in this game. And the week before when we played Denver, and Denver was blowing coverages and – uh, it looked like we had built a really big lead. All Denver had to do was stop giving away free guys, open guys, and having Justin Fields hit them wide open. So they stopped doing that, and then they were able to come back. This game, as you mentioned, Amber, it was they were beating Washington up front. They were getting after the quarterback. They come into the game with two sacks. They leave that game with five sacks, total seven sacks. I mean, they were really getting after them on both sides of the football. The Bears were able to run for a buck eighty. It was it was it was a, a different team when you watched them play, and they played with a lot of energy. Everybody in the world was watching. Um, yeah, LeBron James tweeting about it. I mean, it was it was awesome. So it's great to see um, really good moment for a team that's been just in dire straits for a win. So it's really, really good um, for the city of Chicago and, and this team, this very young team um, uh, at that. Alex, want to shift over to Justin Fields. Uh, 
eight touchdown yeah. passes, I believe, over the past two weeks. Uh, <laughs> what has changed with him? Has, has, has he started to turn the page, or is it just as simple as he played the Broncos and the Commanders? Yeah, that's, and that's where I'm at. I, I, I don't want to be uh, negative in the midst of a good moment for, for this team, but when you really look at the numbers, I mean, Dustin passed for just over 50% completion percentage. He threw for about 280 yards, 230 of them went to DJ Moore. It's just like some of this stuff is not sustainable throughout the year when you're playing a really good team um, or when you start playing. I mean, even this week coming up, I mean, when you next week when they have to play uh, Minnesota, I think it's going to be a different a different deal. Yes, Minnesota doesn't have the record, but I, I think they're a, they're a talented football team. So I, I think what they're going to have to do is be able to spread that around. You can't go – through a game and only complete balls to commit Tunyon and DJ Moore. Mooney has to, he has to be a part of that. Now that Claypool is gone, Mooney has to become a part of that. But as far as the success, yes, he's had the success. Um, the offense is, we have something. Um, their offense has something that they can build on moving forward. So uh, you, you had a bunch of injuries in the backfield. I think that has to be noted. Um, Tevin Jenkins coming back, the offensive lineman, that really helped uh, give him time in the pocket. So I mean, the coaches changing up things, match protecting, and really giving him time to deliver the football. And then DJ Moore just being who he thought he was when uh, when they made the trade from that number one pick and got him from Carolina. He is a true number one receiver that we we haven't had in a very long time in Chicago. Alex Brown, former Bears DN, NBC Sports Chicago, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Uh, people at our network, not me, uh, and I'm not making this up. This isn't a straw man. But people on our network have been saying that the Bears should trade Justin Fields. And now that noise is even louder because guys like Chris Canty on Unsportsman like here on ESPN Radio, they want the Bears to trade Justin Fields right now to capitalize on these last two weeks. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I can I can understand where they're coming from. I mean, when you when you look at the past two weeks that he's had, I mean, Justin's been in the league. This is his third year in the league, and he just threw for three hundred yards a week ago in a game. So he just did that, and I don't think uh, C.J. Stroud down in Houston. I think he's played four games. I don't think he's missed three hundred yards. Like it's just like something that 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 can be done. And he he struggles in the pocket and reading defenses and um, just being able to deliver the football where it needs to be delivered uh, in the NFL. It's, it's a very small window, so I can understand it. Um, I think what, what Chicago would want and what the Bears organization would want is to have their pick, wherever it's at, if it's a top 10 pick, so be it, but then have Carolina pick, but you have that quarterback in place. They would love nothing more to have their quarterback in place and be able to do what they want with those top 10 picks that they're going to have in this upcoming draft. So I, do you trade him? Not if you're not going to get the value um, back from him. I mean, what are you going to get, a third? I'm not trading him for a third. I'm not trading him for – they have somebody have to give me a, a, a high second-round pick. That's what I'd be thinking. So, But for the Bears, I mean, I think they want to have him in the fold um, and he'd be that quarterback of the future. So if he can continue playing this way – they would love nothing more to go into the draft and have that posi- that position solidified. So I'm gonna hang on to him for now and <laughs> and just see how how this how this plays out. 
You know, Alex, I would hang on to him for now as well, but I thought that we had an indication from Ryan Poles and from Matt Eberflus that they were planning to make him the quarterback of the future when they traded away the number one overall pick this past offseason. And then it's been a little confusing how Eberflus has used him this season, where at times it does feel like Justin Fields is just not playing Justin Fields' game. And I know that's changed a little bit here over the last two weeks, but have you felt that way as well? Like there's there's something strange by design going on here, the way that Eberflus is utilizing Fields? Yeah, I think it's um, – I, I know uh, Coach Eberflus will get all the – he'll get all the credit, he'll get all the blame because he's the head coach, but I think Luke Getzey is the one that has to build a an offensive game plan around Fields' skill set. And I think he did a really good job of that with the plays and the calls that we were seeing uh, Thursday night against the Washington Commanders. That is what that is where Justin Fields will be his best. Um, wherever that ceiling is, that's where he'll hit his ceiling if you build that game plan around him there. So it is up to Luke Getzey to be the guy to build that game plan week in and week out. And just the blueprint is there. You want him to be successful. You want him to get him on the edge. You want to run counters with him because the defenses are not prepared for a running quarterback. It just creates uh, an extra gap that a player ha- on, a player on defense has to get off a block to be able to make that tackle. And that's very hard to do when these big boys are allowed to hold up front. Yeah, I'm a defensive lineman. I think all offensive linemen hold. Yes. So, but yeah, you got to be able to get off a block, and that makes it very difficult when you're talking about um, a guy 6'3", 230 pounds, running a 4'4". makes it very difficult to get that guy down. So if you can build a game plan around him, Yes, that would work. But if Luke Getty is stuck in his ways and he makes Justin play his system and he doesn't change the system to fit Justin's skill set, then we'll see the first two games, Justin, and not this Thursday night, Justin. Alex, I'm not even going to ask you about our Florida Gators. We need a bounce back in a big way against Vandy tomorrow, but I'm not even going to bother approaching the subject coming off that Kentucky game. Woo! Amber, do you do you hear it? Like you hear it? Oh. We're we're sitting here. We're talking about how we need a bounce back game against Bam. Oh, it's so bad. It's <laughs> oh, so it hurts. bad. It hurts. Oh, boy, does it. Alex Brown, a former Gator great, also former Bears D and NBC Sports Chicago. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. I think it's still maybe a little bit better right now to claim the Gators over the Chicago Bears if you're Alex Brown, but I don't know. Uh, right now, it all feels uh, like a bit of a mess so far coming off of just the Gators getting destroyed by Kentucky. And Alex Brown was giving me life on his Instagram story because he was me and all Gators fans during that loss. You can find him at 96A Brown. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Marcel Louis-Jacques filling in for Ian tonight. We're going to get into NFL Week 5. Who do we have? We'll let you know. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Tune in for football action on Sunday as the Steelers host the Ravens. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Is this Matchbox 20? I think Marcel Louis Jacques, who's filling in for Ian tonight, I don't even think he was here for that conversation where we learned that Harry Black's favorite band is Matchbox 20. Best band of the 90s, you know it. Yeah, except for you weren't alive in the 90s, Harry. I I mean, that's what's weird about it, is that you said it was your favorite band. They are my favorite band. You're 28. (laughs) How dare you not say Linkin Park? I, I could Ooh. name one song by Linkin Park. I mean, All Matchbox right. 20. Cut his mic. Cut his it, mic. I'm He's good done. with Matchbox 20 over Linkin Park. I got to be honest with that you. I was just. My wheelhouse, Linkin oh, Park. Let's go. That is James Steele's My wheelhouse. first two albums I ever owned were Hybrid Theory and Meteora. So, like, that is. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's go. No idea what you guys are talking about right now. I, I do know all about 3 a.m. and Unwell. And I just am very shocked that Harry, who is 28 years old, knows anything about Matchbox 20 <laughs> when they their height was quite literally the mid-90s. I'm sorry, <laughs> you said unwell? You just got them all ready, fired up back there. We've I got a whole Matchbox 20 playlist here at ESPN Radio. If you came I think here he might have your... just fired up his Spotify. I don't know. Yeah, I think he must have. Connected it straight to the board. <laughs> Harry's on Spotify is just all Matchbox 20. Oh, my God. Oh, women must be so confused when That's you uh, right. take it. When you fire this up and like on dates. Hey, girl, you want to hear some Matchbox, Matchbox 20? 20? Don't worry, she's I like, got you covered. Because she's 25. <laughs> this reminds oh, me great. of my uh, my college roommate. Not a Matchbox 20 guy, but a huge Backstreet Boys guy. So... No. The first thing this was we we got we got into college right on the tail end of the like illegal download era, so he had the Backstreet Boys entire discography on his laptop when we first got to school. Entire thing, you wow. know, hundreds of songs, and played them pretty pretty uh pretty regularly. <laughs> was, so just from y'all's place, it was just nothing. Nothing but Nothing Backstreet Boys. Boy we bands. had like no entertainment. We, there was no video game in that room until like December or January. I think I got PlayStation for Christmas. But uh, we had no TV even for the first like three, four months. So it was just the speaker 
And so a whole lot of Backstreet Boys <laughs> coming from uh, Taylor Place, room 221. There you go. I wonder what those neighbors in uh, 220 and 223 <laughs> thought about that. That is Marcel-Louis Jacques filling in for Ian tonight. The Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action at ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Let's play some Got One. Amber and Ian Got One. James Steele, sometimes people call him producer extraordinaire. That's my favorite name. All right, this is Godwin. We're just going to go through some of the uh, week five, man. Week five's uh, games. And then you're going to tell me who you got in those games. Uh, let's start with the game in London this weekend. The Bills are five and a half point favorites over the Jaguars. Marcel, who do you got? Oh, give me the Bills. Look, I, I was reminded last weekend that the Buffalo Bills are still a top two, top three team in the NFL. I think AFC is pretty wide open between them, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, Jaguars coming off reeling after getting smoked by uh, smoked by the Texans a couple weeks ago. I'm just not a big believer in this team anymore. They're not quite ready to compete at the highest level. I'm taking Buffalo. Jacksonville has been one of the more disappointing stories, I think, frankly, of this NFL season. And no one's really talking about it because I don't think people feel like Jacksonville's out. You know, it's not it's not the dumpster fire that some of these other teams that the Chicago Bears have been so far with the drama surrounding them. Right. Even though they're coming off of that big win from last night. The Jags, though, are a team that a lot of people had expectations for. Trevor Lawrence, lots of expectations there. Doug Peterson, he's the coach we all believe in. And I still think they're going to be fine in the long run. But so far, that the way that they've looked this season, that 2-2 two two start leaves a lot to be desired. The Buffalo Bills, on the other hand, everybody freaked out against after that game against the Jets. <laughs> they got that monkey off their back. They're moving forward now. They're showing you that they still are one of the very best teams in the NFL. This one's easy for for me it's bills all the way also easy for me james did you notice how marcel said the name of the team that plays in jacksonville florida uh i i didn't could you say the the name <laughs> the of the Jackson, team the jaguars jaguars no 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 how he said it yeah the jaguars no 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 all right the ravens are a four four point favorite over the steelers in pittsburgh amber you got one I don't. I don't really got one. Uh, this one's easy, or this one's harder. A little bit harder for me to dissect, but I'm still gonna go with the obvious Baltimore Ravens here. Even though I don't feel great about the Ravens either this season, but Pittsburgh's been interesting. The way that people are reacting, the way that Pittsburgh Steelers fans in particular, things have gotten pretty visceral there lately. I still think Mike Tomlin's great. I'm still not out on Kenny Pickett, but there's been some drama there around Pittsburgh. I I just don't believe in this matchup that they're going to be able to get it done, even though I'm not one who's been super impressed with the Ravens so far either. See, I'm on the complete other side of the spectrum, Amber. I think this is easy, and I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Ravens minus four and a half. I don't think Steelers are very good at all. I'm not somebody who's going to count out Mike Tomlin. He's proven year after year after year that one way or another, hell or high water, they are going to have a winning record. But it's going to be ugly, and it's not going to come until late in the season, I'm sure. So I'm going to take Baltimore, maybe not the world beater that we expected entering the year, but Lamar Jackson is still playing at a high level. This is still a good defense, despite all the injuries they've had on both sides of the ball. I'm taking Baltimore over the Steelers' anemic offense right now. I agree with Marcel. Steelers aren't very good. 
All right, so you just had to get that shot in there. I, I just, I don't think they're good. It was a mistake to draft Kenny Pickett. That's my take, and I'm sticking to it. All right, the 49ers are three and a half point favorites over the Cowboys at home. Marcel, you got one. Oh, this is another one that is maybe going to get me in a little bit of trouble at home. My girlfriend, a massive Cowboys fan, actually used to work for the team uh, before taking a job with CBS Sports. But the 49ers are the best team in, in football right now. The most complete team on every level. Offensive line, skill players, quarterback, running back, receivers, defense. The front seven is in a tier by itself. I'm going to take San Francisco. This is a big test for Dallas. It's a big game for Dallas, and they're going to see you know, how far they have to go. But let me be clear. They have some ways to go in order to catch up with San Francisco. Everybody does. Sounds like your girlfriend's at my old stomping grounds there at Lauderdale at CBS and their headquarters there with CBSSports.com. The Dallas Cowboys and 49ers, this is definitely the matchup of the weekend. I'm going to go San Francisco only because, and we all know that I have been actually very high on the Dallas Cowboys this season. I remain high on the Dallas Cowboys. The only reason I'm giving the edge to the 49ers is because the game is in San Francisco. And that's basically the deciding factor here. If this game was in Dallas, I think I'd be taking the Dallas Cowboys. I'm very excited about this matchup. I hope this matchup lives up to all the hype, though, because this should be the biggest and best matchup of the weekend. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian. We've waited way too long to get back to Miami Dolphins talk. Marcel's here. (laughs) I'm here. It's a 305 show. Let's get back to it. Help.